What's happening, achievers? Ajit Sidhu here. Why is it sometimes we are moving forward so fast and we're in the flow, but sometimes, sometimes we can't even do anything. We can't get ourselves to move. Let's quickly discuss that. So our every single person knows or we know that by taking action, we get a result. Now, that is the key here where if you take action, there is always a consequence. So we want to be taking the right actions at the right time. But sometimes not taking action also means that we get a reaction. And that's something that is based upon our decisions. What we decide to do. Do we decide to take the action of following through? Do we decide to take action to be nicer to someone? Or do we decide to be mean? Do we decide to uh, work harder today? Or do we decide not to? So the decisions creates your destiny. Decisions that you make on a day-to-day basis. If you are making a decision, what is actually allowing you to make that decision? What's the programming behind the decision-making? And our decision as humans, our decision-making process is based simply on pain and pleasure. Anything that's painful, we're going to avoid. Anything that's pleasurable, we're going to go towards. Now, if we've got a choice of those two, we, our, our brain decides to focus on the pain. If we feel something that is going to be more painful than pleasurable, we won't do it. If it's going to be pleasurable and less painful, then we do it. So that's where any. sometimes we're going with the flow because we are associating a lot of pleasure with it. We're getting a lot of results from it. We're getting our needs met. We're growing. But sometimes there might be something that you want to do like spend time with your family or you might want to go out and hang out with your friends but you got work to do and work this thing the same thing that was pleasurable before is now painful because the other aspect is pleasurable and the brain associates work or do taking doing extra work or extra time as painful and so it won't do that and it'll go towards the pleasure what we associate to pain and pain and pleasure then and that's the next question as we keep getting deeper and deeper down this rabbit hole what do we associate pain to to and what we do we associate pleasure to this is based upon our past what we've experienced what we've learned what we've uh, maybe a significant event happened maybe you were you thought I'll go and do some martial arts and you went to do some martial arts because you thought it's going to be pleasurable. Then you get punched in the face, your nose is bleeding or you get knocked out and you think, no, no, that's too painful. I'm never doing that again. Whereas someone else might have had such an amazing experience and associated fantastic like myself, fantastic uh, experience towards martial arts. And I've continued doing martial arts for the last 28 years because I associated so much pleasure. So... What we associate pleasure and pain to is the key. And the only way we associate anything to something is when something happens to us, we, our brain quickly starts analyzing because you've got to remember our brain is a survival tool and it wants to get results as fast as possible. It wants to know that if you touch up, if you've never touched a hot stove before, 
you will probably touch it. And when you touch it, your brain says, ah, I've touched that. It was painful. It was because it was a hot stove and I'm never touching that stove again. Wherever you see hot stoves, you don't want to touch it. And that's the reason why innately inside of us, our DNA, we're afraid of spiders. Because in the caveman times, when in the olden times, spiders had poison. It was dangerous. And so we associate still to this day in our DNA that spiders are dangerous, even though spiders aren't dangerous. So with the association, it depends on the pain and pleasure. But our brain, the quick way of doing it is if something is unique and it's recent and it's consistent, it will associate a pain or pleasure towards it. So if something that happens that is something absolutely unique, like touching a hot stove, for instance, that's quite unique. You're never going to touch a hot stove. It's recent. You just done it and you did it. But say if you're a baby and you don't know that, that that's hot and you did it, you think, wow, that really hurts. So it's a, those that that's that that stove or the pot is really hot. I'm never touching that pot again. But you don't realize it's the hot pot that you shouldn't be touching, not a cold pot. So when you touch a cold one as a baby, you think, oh, that didn't hurt. So it's not consistent. But when it's on the actual uh, stove and, and it's hot and you touch it, then it becomes consistent. And then you associate, oh, that's where the pain is. But that happens with us all the time. If you started a business and it failed or you started to do something and it failed, then that's quite unique and it's quite re- recent. You might not have a full association with that and you think, mm, I'll try it again. I'll try a different business or I'll try a different work or I'll try a different sport or whatever it is. If it's consistent, meaning twice or more, your brain automatically associates either pain to it or pleasure. Now, it could be pleasure as well. It could be, ooh, that cake. That, that cake is a brand new cake and I'm about to have this cake. Oh, and it tastes amazing. And then when you have it the second time, you're like, oh, this is amazing. And then you're addicted. It starts becoming a habit. And that's how habits are created. Habits are all based upon anything that was unique, that was recent, and it's con- you do it consistently, becomes and it's pleasurable, becomes a habit. Anything that you don't want to do is unique, and it's quite recent and happens consistently. The feeling is of pain. It happens consistently. You never want to do it again. So that saying that our brain completely generalizes, distorts, deletes and makes it makes it shorter. It says, yep, that's what it is. People, some people, I mean, here's some examples. Some people say all men are bad or all women are bad. Really, are they? It's only because you've had an experience that was quite recent, that was unique and consistent, maybe happened twice, and then it's associated that all men are bad. Or money is evil because you've tried to get money. And if you tried to get money and you're finding it very difficult to get money and it's happened, it's, that, that's quite unique, whatever you're doing, and it's consistent and it's what, quite recent, uh, all of a sudden you associate that m- all money is evil, money is bad. Again, you can associate, for example, aliens. Say if aliens come down and... and uh, that's quite unique aliens flying around and it's quite uh, uh, unique and it's recent and say if you left some money then the money disappears and you think where did my money go um, and then the aliens come again and some money's missing again and you think well the, mo- the aliens are thieves it's them but really your wife came and picked it up or your husband came and picked it up um, so that's where we can falsely 
associate, it's called a neuroassociation. We falsely associate a link to something that's pain and pleasurable. So we have to always be on our guard. So the quality of our life is basically, our quality of our life is based upon the quality of our decisions. The better decisions we make, the better quality of life we will have. So how does the decisions, decisions are made? It's basically evaluations. Everything we just spoke about is you're doing evaluations. But a deeper version of evaluation, because any decision is superior, is superior through evaluation. How do we evaluate things? And that's something that we have control on. Now, anyone who evaluates financial and are very good at finances, their evaluation process is so much better than yours. And if you're able to model that evaluation, then you're able to become better at that financials. If someone's great at some kind of sport, then just modeling their evaluation in that sport, you become great. So what are the key points to evaluation? Obviously, we just spoke about neuro associations with the links. That's quite deep. But what's something that we can actually model or even focus on ours? So what makes our evaluation amazing is our triad. Now, if with anyone who's, who's studied or worked with Tony Robbins, he speaks about a triad, a triangle. And it's basically uh, our state. Our state is hugely important. Are we in a fearful state? Are you in a fearful state at the moment? Or are you in a calm state? Are you in an excited state? Are you juiced up state? Are you powerful state? When you make a decision or evaluate something, based upon those different categories, you'll have a different outcome. You'll make a different decision if you're feeling poor, poorly, if you're feeling sad, or if you're feeling excited, if you're feeling powerful, if you're feeling unstoppable, if you're feeling unbreakable, you will make a different decision in each of those categories. So state is crucially important. The second thing that's crucially important is the questions we ask. Now, we ask many questions Every single day, that's an evaluation process in your mind that happens. However, we ask the same questions over and over again. And there is a primary question that we ask ourselves over and over again. My primary question is, how can I creatively innovate this right now? How can I make it better? How can I speed things up? How can I solve this to be able to uh, affect many more people? And that's where I classify myself as, as a master problem solver because I ask that question every single time in a situation. How can I innovate? Innovate it much better. Now you gotta assess and be aware on the question you're asking yourself. Because if you're asking yourself, because every question has a belief within it. So if you're asking yourself, oh, why do I always fail at this? You've got a belief that you're a failure or you're going to fail. So by asking that question, you are setting yourself up for failure. And the only way to break that is by encanting a different question over and over again, a powerful question. And the questions we should be asking ourselves and the question you should be asking yourself is something powerful. How can I help more people? How can I, how can I innovate this? How can I solve this in the fastest way? How can I learn this in, in the most effective way 
These are powerful questions. The other thing that affects your evaluation is your physiology. How are you sit sitting? I mean, Tony goes through this and other people, you know this as well. You can tell a depressed person from a super excited person because of the body, the way they're holding themselves. I mean, you see Superman and Clark Kent. Clark Kent is unconfident. He's meant to be unconfident with the glasses and, and he stutters um, and he walks around and he doesn't give eye contact. But then he throws his glasses off, rips his shirt. Superman comes out and his shoulders are back. His arms are back. His back is straight and he is ready for action. And he looks at the people directly eye contact. That is a physiology change, but also the focus that we have, the focus that we have and the meaning that we're giving things is allowing us to make better superior evaluations or non-superior. So the key is basically when we wake up, don't get sabotaged, don't get hijacked by your phone, wake up and pre-frame your brain to say, I am, you know, you have something ready. You get, you do your press-ups, you do your sit-ups, you encant to yourself a, a powerful question. You say who you are. I am this. I am growth. I am love. I am uh, playful. I am fun. I am strength. I am growth. I Whatever you want to say, you say it. I am appreciation. I am gratitude. I am spiritual. I am wealth. I am investments, I am contribution, I am wise, I am intelligent. You can say these things over and over again whilst you're doing a press-ups and sit-ups. Then say your primary question, your question that you want. My question is how can I creatively innovate right now? That's something that you can take on or you make your own question up in your life. How can you serve more people around the world right now? So. Just break this down. Now, by going through this, you know how your brain works. You want to ask powerful questions to yourself. You want powerful questions. You want your physiology to be great. You want your state to be amazing. Your questions should be powerful. Your focus should be great. Once you've got that, a triad is created. And once you've actually, you know what, what that is, you should do a power move. Once you've done a power move, you should instill it inside of you because that will create the evaluations that will allow you to evaluate superiorly and your once you once you evaluate in a better way you will create you will have better decisions that you make and if you've got better decisions that you can make at any moment then the actions you will take the decisions you make and the, the actions you will take is going to be superior and with the superior actions you will get a, a superior consequence, a reaction, whatever you want. And that small etches in time compounds on itself. And you get the destiny that you want, not the destiny that is given to you or how, the, how your world shifts you. It's the destiny you want. But the second thing, which we'll talk in a new podcast in another time is say you feel guilty. What if you feel guilty for to, to for taking some time out or guilty for spending time with your family? You feel guilt. Again, that's based upon evaluations, the decisions you're making. But there's something deeper when it comes to guilt. And I will hit on that next time. 
Right, everyone, take care, and I'll speak to you soon. This has gone long enough. Be fantastic. Love each other. I love you guys. If I, if you were here, I'd give you a hug. Um, be good to each other and make better decisions based upon what we've just spoken about. Take care. Bye.